guys, you are now in tune with the boss of the business, the What The Heck Show, on UnionPowerRadio.com. Let's get ready to rumble! The Big Bad Wolf, ladies and gentlemen. You guys know who that is. Uh, how you doing? This is your host, Tony Rosario on Union Power Radio on the What The Heck Show. Good afternoon, brothers and sisters of Local 804 and Teamsters listening across the country. Today is the 22nd of September. Yep. It's Sunday. And I would like to welcome back, as usual, Hector the man that you can say he will huff and he will puff and he will blow your hub down, the Big Bad Wolf from the Bronx. (laughs) 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 And we have here, and today we're doing another backyard, and I have to say, this man was the host with the most. We just finished eating some steaks, some ribs, some uh, rice and peas, as we know in, uh, uh, the Spanish people know as arroz con gandule. Uh, I would like to say thank you to Mr. Damien Contreras. Welcome, welcome. And with him we have... And with him, uh, one of his fellow employee brothers, another Teamster brother, is Danny Brisita. And also, you guys who were listening to earlier, DJ Are You Serious was on the one and two, mixing it for uh, Union Power Radio. That's right. He had a lot of people listening before the show even got started. Thank you very much. That's our fellow brother, also a Teamster, Carlos Sanchez. Thank you for being here again, Mr. Sanchez. Well, he's kind of far yeah, from we the Yeah, we have limited mics. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can move this table. Thank you. Now, if you want, uh, Carlos, you could uh, start oh, putting so. some of this stuff away, and then you could sit right here next to He's me. He's throwing them out already. No, 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 just so he could sit next to me. Yeah. 
All right, so uh, let's start up with some news that I wanted to talk about. As you know, a couple of weeks ago, we were speaking about the uh, uh, the Communicators Workers Union, uh, the CWA. Uh, they were on strike. It was about 24,000 members down uh, in the South, places like Tennessee and, and other areas of the South. And uh, they finally, you know, got back to the table after, you know, about four days, I believe. And they were able to negotiate something. And... <laughs> They're still working on it though, and uh, now you got uh, now you got another. That was twenty thousand members. Now you got another forty something thousand members. GM on strike. They've been on strike for seven days. I mean, I mean, this is this is. Uh, you, you know what I have to say about it is that finally, uh, the workers are coming together and holding these corporate moguls into uh, holding them accountable. And it's about time that you know these corporate corporation these corporations finally realize that that the members and the people that they make their money off of the people that keep these things going and and these hardworking people are finally not going to take it anymore. They're not going to sit down and they're going to stand up for their rights. And the thing that bothers me most about the GM situation is that a couple years back when we were going through that little recession. Uh, you know, the union took concessions because they knew they had to so that the company can thrive and so that, you know, this GM company would not go out of business. And now that they're making record-breaking profits, they don't want to give anything back. Like, they, these workers and their union took concessions to help the company improve itself and help it get back on its feet. And here we are now where they're making record-breaking profits and they have the audacity not to give a little something back to the workers that did that for them and the workers that are helping keep this company going. I mean, it's just tragic when, when I think about it. Well, that's common for this, these type of companies to um, basically forget about the people that help them get to where they are. You know, it's the little people, the people that are in the front lines, the people that are working night and day, you know, uh, sacrificing for their families. And, um, you know, it's, it's just typical of these companies to just forget about that. You know, and you're absolutely right. It, it's, it's crazy that these multi-billion dollar company, companies, uh, they, they don't feel obligated anymore to, to, you know, come to the table and, and take care of their people, which, is, which is, is not good. And then, you know, trusting these corporations to, to, hold, to hold themselves accountable is like trusting a fox to guard the hen house. I mean, it's you can't do it. You know, it, it just, it sickens me. It, it, and I'm glad to hear that people are organizing, joining together to fight for fairness, respect, and dignity, because that's all we want, and to take care of our families. And I'm glad that finally, there are companies that are stepping up. So I suggest big corporations like Amazon and, and a lot of the, the companies that uh, the Teamster unions deal with, in, including, you know, the company we work for and, and other companies, uh, you, you better watch out because the people are standing up for themselves. Already, companies like J.P. Morgan, GM, Lockheed Martin, Walmart, they're, they're all starting to understand that they are starting to be held accountable by the workers, joining forces, organizing, and standing tall against these corporations. And, and this, is, these are, this is the year. I mean, not too long ago, you had the teachers on strike. Uh, you had the CWA on strike. Now you have the UAW on strike. I mean, you know, how many strikes have to happen for these corporations to realize that that we're not taking it anymore, you know? And guess what? You other corporations out there, uh, Amazon and, and, and uh, well, to, to name a few and other ones, 
you need to start preparing because the workers are stepping up. They're not taking it sitting down anymore. You have, you have taken advantage and you have made record profits over the years and the workers know that it's due to their hard work that you are where you are. So show a little respect for the working man and women out there trying to get a better life for their families, send their kids to school, have, treat them with some dignity because the inflation today and all the prices of everything going up, we have to move with the times, you have to pay us with the times. And that's basically one of the big things that I wanted to talk about today because it's, it's, it's big news. It's, it's finally people stepping up to these corporations and, and it's going to come a time where we're, we're all going to be on the same page. And, and again, as always, we do not cross the picket lines. Picket lines are not to be crossed. It is part of our contract. We do not cross them. We honor them. We, if anything, if you have time off and you want to go out there and help these guys out and you want to bring them water, they would appreciate that. Uh, stand together with your brothers in solidarity. We're all from different unions, yes, but at the same time, we're all representing one union, one goal. As, as Vinny uh, Perone always says, one union, one goal, solidarity. Well, I think what's been happening is, uh, you know, um, the union is a pendulum, right? So... When, when the activism started uh, many years ago in the early 1900s, um, you know, workers had no rights, right? That is correct. Little by little, they, they started building and, 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 and getting together and fighting. And, and uh, it took many years, you know, many people died That's right. for our cause. That is correct. Uh, and it took a long time to get to the point where uh, an act called the NLRB was enacted, right? And... Um, you know, the kids, the sons, the daughters that came out of those family households upheld those uh, rights. They kept act, being active in the union, and, and um, they voiced their concerns, and they, they stayed united. But then what happened is, as newer generations came along, they forgot that struggle. Yeah. They, 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 what they received, they took for granted. Uh, and it's been happening for many, many, many years. Um, and it's not until recently where um, that has been changing, the dynamic has been changing, because the worker is realizing that if we don't stick together, we're just going to get steamrolled right over. And that's what's happening now. The pendulum is swinging the other way, and the unions are coming back in a very strong way. It's not going to be easy. Oh, no. People will lose their jobs because that's what the companies do. They, they are, they're, they feed on fear. And that's what they give all of us, fear, all day, all night. And uh, a lot of people succumb to that. But a lot of us are realizing that, you know what? I don't care if I get fired. If I'm doing the right thing, I'm just going to do what I got to do and make sure that I'm going to make this a better place and a better work environment for my, my colleagues. Well said, Damien. Well said. You know, I got the itis. I really do, bro. All that food that Damien uh, cooked over here, steak, sausages, chicken, ribs, rice con candule. Yeah, I got the itis. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I tell you, we got some good beer here. And our boy Danny over here, uh, one, of, uh, one of our team's the brothers, brought a nice bottle of some, uh, what is that? How do you say it? McAllen 10. McAllen 10. 
and that is some really smooth whiskey, man. Thank you. <laughs> that was that was really good, really tasty. Um, what issues we have in 804? You have? Are you going into that yet? Um, you know what? I just wanted to talk. Uh, well, you know what? Yeah, we can go into that. I I just wanted to start off with that with the striking because it's you know. It feels good to know that there's people out there that are actually tired of it and they're organizing and they're getting together and they're fighting these uh, these corporate moguls. And, and, you know, it feels good. It's a feel-good thing for me. It, it, it's about time, you know. And uh, we had a, an opportunity uh, to do the same when we were going through our contract, but because uh, the big man upstairs from the IBT, the one that we all know and hate, Mr. Hoffa. Can I get some of that Game of Thrones music? Oh, the Game of Thrones yeah. music. Because this guy has been holding on to that Iron Throne for quite some time. And guess what? His time is almost up. And it's coming. We got all the Jon Snows. We got, I'm sure there's a Khaleesi out there. Winter is coming. That's right. Winter is coming. So I suggest that you, 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 you uh, get ready for retirement, big boy. Because uh, your time has come and we're tired of it. We, we definitely had an opportunity to be one of the first. We are one of the long, longest running, most hardcore, strongest unions in the nation, in the country. And the fact that we conceded to these bullshit negotiations made by the IPT, that we had to sit and stomach and have these bullshit, uh, uh, this bullshit contract rammed down our throat, it says enough. And, you know, if there was somebody else like a Ron Carey, another Ron... Uh, can Ron Carey be born again? Can we get another Ron Carey reincarnated? Because I remember in 97 when, when he was at the heart of it and he, he made that push and we shut down the country, man. You're talking about over 250,000 guys out there on the lines stepping up to the... You got 20,000 here. You got, uh, C, uh, you got the, the AWU, uh, the, well, you know, the, the GM workers... Uh, Again, a four, another 40,000. We're 250,000 deep, you know, and, and he's going to let us concede to this. I mean, you know what, Hoffa? Your days are done, buddy. 17 years in the throne. <laughs> 17 years. 17 and, years. And year after year after and year, he's concession getting old. after he's, concession. He's about 76 years old now, and uh, he's old, man. He's just old. How rich is he? He's real rich. He's gonna. He's he was gonna come born out. with a silver spoon in his mouth. The guy's he's, never worked a hard. He's day in into his life. so many pensions with uh, different locals that he, you know, that he represent and different chapter things. And he's a millionaire. He's a millionaire now, off of our backs, guys, off of our backs. And then he don't give us what we want. You know, this twenty-two-four thing is 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 going out of control. This company is now hiring by the dozens, or maybe more than the dozens. Uh, the new have, PVD thing. The, well, the, the PVD vehicle yeah, delivery guys. That that's what they they they're trying. They trying. They're not. They're gonna try it in New York, in the Suffolk area, the Nassau, where you know where they could park, and they're not gonna do it in the New York City area because you know the tickets will go crazy there. But uh, they that's the new thing now. Now they want to get hire people at twenty one dollars an hour to use your own car to pick up work from a driver. Okay, pick up work from a driver, and. Um, Go ahead. You got to paint your car brown? No. <laughs> you no, could if you want. just asking for somebody that has a van or an SUV. That has to be a, a decent-sized vehicle. But uh, we're talking about non-union employees here working for UPS, and mm -hmm. that's a no-no. 
Is that allowed? Can that they is, that is well, it's allowed. not in our contract. And uh, as soon as they presented to uh, Vinny Perone, Vinny Perone said, "Fuck you, get out of here." I'm not. It's not in the contract. We are. We are definitely uh, gonna protest it. As far as uh, lawyers are getting involved. The scary thing is that one local already lost, I believe, an arbitration on this particular matter. No, uh, that's what I was. Uh, who had? Who was speaking about it? I was, uh, somebody either was, lost or won because this company knew what they was coming out with at the when we had our peak meeting with them, and you know. They left the best for last, and the last was the PVD, mm. uh, saying they're going to hire outside workers. Uh, we also questioned how they're going to insure the the people. They're going to they're going to do separate insurance with that. Um, they're going to go out to the drivers. The drivers going to give them whatever stops, twenty stops of whatever, and those guys are going to deliver those uh, third party delivery non union workers. Well, I know our local is definitely going to come to the table, correct? And they're going to well. Vinny's already said everyone that works and does that is going to be charged a union fee. So once those guys hear that they got to get charged a union fee after they make whatever they're going to make, I don't think they're going to want the job. I don't think they want to do it. Mm -hmm. They're going to risk, you know, their car, their their insurance, and they're going to risk. They got to pay union dues. Well, they're they're trying to do what Amazon does, which is not pay any taxes. Yeah, always you know, trying, trying to get trying to circumvent uh, having to pay the money, you know, for the job that we do. And the funny thing is, the way they say it is like, oh, we're doing it to help the drivers out, for they won't be out there till midnight, 12 sure. o'clock. Bullshit. They're doing it because they are on high demand. They don't have enough trucks. They don't have enough drivers. They're hiring 22s, 22-4s off the street like crazy. I mean, by not a dozen, two dozens, three dozen. I mean, there was a class there in Maspeth for 40 guys going into 22 force. And then they abusing the shit out of it right now. Oh yeah. They abusing how they use these 22 force. And that's when we gotta get to the shop stewards and they gotta be looking out for this because those 22 force are not allowed to do a lot of things that we fought for in the contract. And if a shop steward doesn't say anything about it, it's just they're gonna take advantage of it. And that's these company shop stewards, and I say it, we have company shop stewards that will play along, get along with the management. So we need to stop that shit. And if you see something that a 22-4 is doing that it's not supposed to be doing, please contact your BA. Your BA will straighten it out, definitely. Speaking on that, uh, uh, being a steward, uh, especially me, uh, dealing with it over the last uh, couple of months since I won the election, um, there's a lot of things that people don't understand about being a steward, and I'm glad Damian Contreras is here with us, so he can enlighten us uh, a little bit and help and and you know and enlighten you all a little bit on the roles of a shop steward and the power of a shop steward to police the contract and 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 sometimes disagree and have arguments with management and. Uh, I, I was this was brought to my attention also by one of our members named Johnny Santiago as you guys know he's always out there uh, advocating and fighting for the membership and it's something that we need we need to definitely talk about um, Damian Contreras a lot of people they don't understand what that means when people say you have the power of management personnel when you're in that office and you're and you're uh, you're you're defending a member and you're or you're policing a situation and you need to speak with the manager about what's happening. Um, do you want to tell a little? Uh, it, it, falls, it falls under Article 4, actually. So, Yeah, basically, look, 
as um, a re representative of, uh, of, of the union and uh, representing the members in that office or in the street, wherever it is, as long as I am at that, uh, playing that role, I, ha I am equal to management. And so is every steward. You um, heard that, gentlemen? Equal to management at that role. It is illegal for the company to say otherwise. Illegal. Yeah, but it doesn't mean to go into that office just because you're equal that you have the right to say, fuck you, fuck you. I mean, I used to do it because they used <laughs> to curse at me, so I used to curse back, and you have that right to curse back. Once you're in that office, you have the equal, you have the, the same power as his manager does. So if he talks down to you, you could talk down to him. He calls you an asshole, you could call him an asshole. Who gives it? As long as you ain't throwing any, any furniture around, then you're good. You're protected by Article 4. All stewards are protected under Article 4. Salty language, that's what that's called. Salty language is allowed, right? But there's there's a limit. I mean, you, you can't go around threatening your manager. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't threaten <laughs> you know, his mother. Don't 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 threaten. You know, be, be smart about what you do out there. But you you're equal footing. Yeah, I had a situation like that. Like I, you remember, Damien, that I was in the office uh, representing a member. The manager got loud. I got loud, and all of a sudden, I'm on a seven nine. You know, on a seventy two, because he felt that you know I was disrespectful. That I climbed over the table. And I, I, I yelled that I called his mother a bitch and this and that and that. I might have. I don't know. But uh, the thing <laughs> is that I have the right to, to, to be that way if you're going to act that way towards me. as a, you got to respect me on the same level as, as management. they, they got to be respectful. Exactly. Because respect has to go both ways. It exactly. can't just be one-sided. I, I love, and I'm going to go over a little bit of this with you guys. I love the stewards toolbox that the Teamsters Local 804 page has now on TeamstersLocal804.org. If you guys go over to the stewards... Uh, toolbox you guys can actually go on it right now there's a great Q&A interview with a man by the name of Robert Schwartz now this interview pretty much nips it in the bud as far as, as things that uh, that you uh, misconstrued in, in the past and didn't know as a steward that you had the rights to so one of the questions asked of him were uh, things get pretty heated during grievance meetings and you get upset and call the foreman a liar as it turns out, though you were wrong, can you be disciplined for your actions? No. No. That is correct, gentlemen. The answer is no. Under the principle of equality, the steward, like you said before, we're equal. The steward, while acting in his or her official capacity as a steward, has a right to accuse the foreman of lying, even if it turns out that he or she was wrong. All right, let's go to the following question. After a difficult and emotional grievance meeting with management, you receive a warning for your extremely loud behavior. You should, at the supervisor, you, sh you shouted at the supervisor, no question about it, can you be disciplined for raising your voice? Was it on the, was, it depends, was it on the shop floor? Uh, well, no, it's a grievance meeting. It's so in the meeting, no, you cannot be disciplined. Correct. Shout, no, shouting is protected activity under the law. As long as your behavior doesn't interfere with production, there's nothing illegal about it. Another question for stewards. During a grievance meeting, the foreman makes a number of ridiculous and unfounded statements. Infuriated, you call him a jackass. Can management discipline you for Absolutely what you said? Absolutely not. No. 
That is correct, gentlemen. See, we got some good stewards here. <laughs> no, strong language during grievance meetings is protected. Attorney Robert Schwartz writes, salty language, as you guys said before, during grievance meetings, short of extreme profanity, is protected by the National Labor Relations Board, the NLRB folks. In one case, a steward called a supervisor a big twerp. In another, the NLRB reinstated a steward who called his boss a stupid ass. In a third case, the NLRB removed the written reprimand of a steward who told his supervisor, I don't give a fuck who you call. So there <laughs> you go. Sounds like me. <laughs> <laughs> They're probably talking about you. All right, one more, another question here, guys. Uh, you get involved in a heated grievance meeting with the boss. In the middle of it, she says, or he says, this meeting is over. Go back to work. You continue to argue with her for or him for several minutes. Are you subject to discipline for not immediately obeying her order? No. That is correct, Damien. No, the law provides for a short, what they call, cooling off period. Immediately following a grievance meeting, protection may be lost, however. If the steward ignores repeated orders to return to work, then that's a different story, guys. All right, so you know you have a, a time frame there. And a lot of stewards don't know that, that they have that equal Absolutely. Uh, in that office. Right. And that's where the education comes from, the executive board, to teach these uh, stewards that you are equal in that office. If you feel that something needs to be said and you feel that whatever you say is going to be held against you, fuck it. Say what the fuck you got to say and let it be known. <laughs> That's right. Because they can't do shit to you. You're, you're there to protect the member exactly. and you're there to protect the contract, either whether it be over grievance processes or just protecting a guy who they're trying to suspend or give a letter to. You are, as these guys keep saying, equal to the management and and, and you can pretty much not do what you want, but you, you guys from this Q&A, you can get an idea for all you stewards. Definitely check it out. We have another question here. The champ is here. <laughs> Lou Bobone is listening. You better look, boy. Fantasy football. Yeah, buddy. The beard. The beard. Uh, well, again, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, we're going to keep going on with this Q&A. Uh, let's see. Uh, your, your contract permits stewards a reasonable amount of working time to conduct union business. Last week, while you were investigating a grievance... Your supervisor came over and ordered you to return to work. Can you refuse the work order? That's no. That is correct. You are correct, Hector. You no, have you to cannot. report. You have to report back to work no. when they instruct you to. The rule, the general rule, is to obey now and grieve later. However, the NLRB has ruled supervisor is, has ruled in the steward's favor in cases where the supervisor is bent on preventing the steward from engaging in legitimate union business as long as it is permitted by contract or past practice, does not disrupt work of others, and is not an attempt to avoid work. So make sure you guys pay attention to that one uh, closely because it's, it's a very fine line. Yeah, they'll get you for failure to follow instructions. That is correct. As they say here, obey and then now and then grieve it later. That's, That's it. Correct. That's you put it in the power. grievance that he didn't uh, allow it you looks to do good. It, it, let me tell you something. It'll, it'll look good on your case when you try to investigate and they interfered with your investigation. So when it goes to arbitration that, you know, the shop steward was trying to do the investigation on for the union part and they jumped in the middle and instructed him to go to work. You know, it works. Yeah. Believe me. Get that grievance in there for exactly. sure. The company is investigating drug use in the plant. 
Can a steward tell workers not to answer questions from the company? No. That is correct. That gentlemen. is uh, instructing the workforce. That is correct. The union has the obligation to cooperate when management is conducting a legitimate investigation of misconduct. Instructing workers not to answer questions could lead to the steward being disciplined. So be very careful with Discharge. that, guys. Right. They can be discharged. That's, yeah. We, we had, didn't, no. Okay. Well, <laughs> here's another one. My boss attacked me, calling my grievance nitpicking and a waste of time is this allowed no they can't do that well unfortunately the answer is yes employees have the right to criticize union representatives only comments that reach the level of harassment or contain threats are illegal so you guys got to be careful with that one that was another fine line just the way you can use salty language i guess uh for them it's kind of the same as long as they're not using profanity and cursing you out or again threatening your family then they're pretty much allowed to, to, to say something like that. I mean, according to this questionnaire. They're not allowed to. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's, it's grievances. Maybe, maybe I misheard your question. Repeat. Well, yeah. employers have the right to criticize union representatives. Only comments that reach the level of harassment. No, that was the answer. I'm sorry. My boss attacked me, calling my grievances nitpicking and a waste of time. Think about it. That's not actually... That's like a back and forth conversation. As long as it's happening behind closed doors, exactly. it's fine. But they can't undermine you in front, in the presence of, of on members. the shop floor. That's that's a very good statement. Yeah, yeah. yeah. On the shop floor, they yeah. cannot do that. Okay. Well, that's that's. that's they're, they're but it works both ways too. Correct. Because we can't right. shout exactly. them out in the shop floor. The, the, right. There are plenty of uh, uh, cases that have been ruled against the companies where a steward is immune to discipline threats. Uh, for grievance filing, even if management considers them petty, even if management considers them offensively written, or um, um, are, they consider it outrageous, you know, whatever you put in the grievance, uh, it's a grievance. What's a grievance? It's grief, something that's bothering you. Yeah. You're bringing it to light. That's you right. You want a resolution on it. You want to document it. Exactly. A lot of people think that grievances is, 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 is uh, puts a target on your back. Guess what? The target is on your back anyway. <laughs> Always. So all you're doing is bringing it to light what's, yeah. what's, against, what's against the contract um, or against something that's morally done, amorally done. So what you're doing is you're bringing it to light. They don't like that because they don't want to be held accountable for, for uh, what they're doing wrong. But when you bring a grievance to light, guess what? Somebody has to answer it even when they deny it. And that's what they will do. It they will deny 100% of the grievances. It goes to a higher level. It goes to a higher level. Sooner or later, that grievance will be heard. Absolutely. That's, that's Especially right. now with this executive board, because I'm telling you, grievances are being taken care of for sure. All grievances that I filed over the time I've been a steward have been answered and taken care of. By the way, we had a panel this week, uh, four cases, uh, uh, three out of uh, four, uh, we won the cases. Uh, one was a big one. Uh, um, double jeopardy, double jeopardy type of thing, and uh, he got his job back and full back pay from the time he was out. So, yeah, congratulations, congratulations. congratulations. We're definitely going to touch a little more on that as soon as we finish this questionnaire. But I definitely want to. Oh, I you heard... still have questions? Yeah, of course. All right, just let me nice... let the people know that you're listening to the What the Heck Show here on Union Power Radio. The number here is three four seven four zero three zero seven zero five. If you want to call in to live and ask any questions, call up now. I'll call okay. up in a few. All right. Next question, guys. A supervisor frequently makes workers do work outside their job classification. As a steward, do you have the legal right to tell workers to refuse their assignments? No. no. 
That is correct, guys. <laughs> the rule, again, is obey Grieve now, it. grieve later. Just be sure to keep good notes about the who, what, when, where, and how to, and how of each incident so you can support your grievance. Uh, two days after you file a group of grievances, your supervisor warns you about substandard work. The quality of your work hasn't changed, and it's clearly retaliation for the grievance. Can you file labor board charges? Yes. Definitely. The timing of the reprimand strongly suggests that your employer's motivation was retaliation for your union I work. I feel like I'm being tested here. No, no. It's you just sure a Q&A. Are. On the, if you not read this Q&A, it's amazing. Oh, man, I feel like I'm back in school, well, man. You're doing good. You're Mr. doing good. Mr. Mr. <laughs> can I go to the bathroom? All the way? What the yeah, fuck? Yes, you may. <laughs> I, I didn't know Jamie Haynes was here. Make sure you raise your hand first. <laughs> yeah. The guy with the hard question was in the last barbecue in Brooklyn. Uh, these heard... aren't my questions, man. These are the uh, questionnaire by uh, this guy Schwartz. It was a great questionnaire, and I and I read it when the it was one of the first things I read in the toolbox. And I and I urge any steward that's like me that has only been doing it for a few months and have experience but not experience as a steward. I suggest you read this questionnaire because it does have a lot of helpful information. And it's helped me a great deal. Um, so another one. You have been encouraged. Work, you have been encouraging workers to file grievances against supervisors who perform bargaining unit work. A supervisor tells you, if I find out that you're soliciting grievances against me, I'll, it'll mean your job. Is that legal? 100%. Mm -hmm. It's not it's illegal. No, right, one hundred percent illegal. It's labor right. charges right That's there. That's right. Because you are allowed to uh, grieve and you're solicit. allowed to solicit. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. And again, you guys are right. There is no prohibition against soliciting grievances. In fact, your right to solicit grievances is protected by federal law. In this case, you were threatened for carrying out a protected activity, and you can file a grievance and unfair labor practice charge. No. DJ, DJ, are you serious? Just say, act something. What? Did you say if you instruct the, the people to put in grievances because they saw a thing? Not instructed. Instructed, no. Soliciting. Asking them for the grievance. Yeah. No, they're asking if you've been encouraging workers to file grievances yeah. against supervisors perform bargaining unit work. But not, so. not, not, let's not stop there. Not, you, not only can you solicit grievances, you could help the the, the grievance with the grievance. Yes. Absolutely, you yes. could put the grievance together. You could help them word it. You could you could help them with everything. That's your job. That is that is a protected activity. And another thing, the shop steward is the master griever. 100%. Okay, so they can never. They, if you put in a grievance and they say, well, the, the, the member wants to withdraw it. Yeah, the member wants a lot of things, but I'm the master griever and I'm going with it 100%. 100%. And, and, that's, and this is what we're trying, to, uh, we're trying to inform a lot of the stewards that are listening. If there are stewards listening, newer stewards like myself, um, these, these, uh, this steward's toolbox is very helpful. That Q&A is over. Um, these guys were pretty much on point with the exception of one question, and this is what I'm talking you about. You right or wrong. <laughs> um, but, you know, this You is know, to become a steward, they should have all those questions and see how they answer, and yeah. then you can see where's their weak spots at. Yeah, yeah you know? absolutely. You yeah. know how they do, uh, uh, what you would call it, uh, CBTs? on the computers with the company right maybe we should they do give a me the answers i don't, yeah. I don't know yeah no, well, we won't give you the answers you got to answer yourself oh man and, and and you know what the stewards toolbox has so many things on there for for guys out there that are stewards and and are unfamiliar with the job 
for example, using just cause to fight unfair discipline. Did you guys know that there's a, they have a seven-point just cause uh, a questionnaire, basically, to... Like, if you're trying to fire somebody, the company has to have seven just cause reasons, you know, and, and some of them are really good. Uh, uh, all of them are really good. For example, you need fair notice. Two, consistent enforcement. Three, due process. Four, substantial proof. Five, equal treatment. Six, progressive discipline. Seven, which everybody knows six. Progressive discipline has been known forever, but a lot of one, people don't know about the other ones. And last but not least, seven, mitigating and extenuating circumstances. So, you know, I mean, if you want, I can go more in depth on each one uh, uh, unless you guys want to start another topic. But I would love to dive into some of these because it is it is really important. For example, fair notice, an employer may not discipline any employee for violating rule of standard whose nature and penalties have not been made known. Are employees aware of the rule and the consequences of violating it? Sometimes the answer is obvious theft, drinking, on-the-job, stuff like that. But if the violation falls in a gray area that was never clearly spelled out by the employer, this may be a source of just cause defense. That's for number one. That is just all under fair notice. Then you have consistent enforcement. An employee may not be penalized for violating a rule or standard that the employer has failed to enforce for a prolonged period. Even if a rule is on the books, the employer can lose its right to terminate an employee if the rule has not been enforced over a long period. In such cases of lax enforcement, management cannot suddenly reverse its course and crack down without first warning employees that the rule is in effect and violations will be punished. I mean, come on, that's, that's, that should be common sense, but these are things that, that people don't realize and don't know. Number three, due process. An employer must conduct an interview or a hearing before issuing discipline must take action promptly and must list charges precisely. One access discipline may not be increased. Members' right to union representation and due process must be respected in the investigation. If the employer disciplines first and holds an investigative interview or hearing later, they have likely violated just cause. Number four, substantial proof. Charges must be proven by substantial and credible evidence. In a disciplinary grievance meeting, the steward should make the employer prove their case first. Management should be made to present the facts and be asked to present all of its evidence before the union presents its defense. If management does not have substantial and credible evidence that offense occurred, then they haven't met just cause standard for discipline. Number five, equal treatment. Unless a valid distinction justifies a higher penalty, an employer may not assess a considerable stronger punishment against one employee than it assessed against another known to have committed the same or substantially similar offense. If another employee who committed the same offense has been treated differently, this may constitute as, dis as disparate treatment, which violates this test. The union has the right to do an information court request and obtain employer records for all employees who have been disciplined for the same offense in a given time period. So, yeah, equal treatment is very important. Number six, progressive discipline. When responding to misconduct that is short of egregious, I'm sorry, egregious, egregious 
the employer. <laughs> Thanks, I appreciate that. I'm on number six, all right? Give me a break. The employer must issue at least one level of discipline that allow the employee an opportunity to improve. Except in extreme cases, discipline should be progressive. The goal should be to get an employee to understand and follow the rules, not to run them out the door. And the last one, mitigating and accentuating circumstances. Discipline must be proportional to the gravity of the offense, taking into account any mitigating, extenuating, or aggravating circumstances. Does the punishment fit the crime? An employee's past record can also be relevant. A bad past record cannot be used to prove guilt of a new violation, but a good past record and other mitigating circumstances can balance the scales and lessen the penalty. So these are uh, seven cases here uh seven reasons for just cause as a steward you you will see this on the steward's toolbox it's good to know and i feel like you know again if you're a steward and you've been dealing with a lot of stuff and you want to get a little information go to the steward's toolbox i learned some of these things at one of the tdu conferences i went to i'm looking forward to going again to the uh, tdu convention here in chicago i want to thank the executive board for allowing me this as as a scholarship so I thank you, Hector, and everybody else on the executive board, Vincent Perones and the rest of the guys, for, for, for doing that for me and some other stewards around the local. That was a big, huge thing for me, especially, you know. <laughs> and the reason that we are, we're doing this, uh, the, some of the BAs that are going, uh, we chose to pay for our own way, our own hotel, our own air flight, and our own registrations so we can give to the membership so they can go and have the education that we that I know that TDU gives. Uh, like I said, when you go to TDU, you don't have to become a member, but you're going to go there for the classes, and, and they give good classes there also. It's about education, fellas. Straight that's up. A, that's all it's about. It's not about politics, you know. Um, you're going to meet people there. I went there two years ago. I paid for it myself, um, and I made some great, great, great people throughout the country, not just in New York. Um, I learned quite a bit. Uh, there's... There, Learning never stops, you know. Uh, you might stop going to school, but the learning never stops, especially when you're dealing with, uh, uh, with man, with you know, uh, a the company union like this and a company like this. So exactly, take advantage of it, learn uh, and teach, because what's the point of learning all this information if you're not passing it along? Um, before we get to the next topic, which is going to be some of the panel cases, I want to speak out to some of the guys listening here online. Uh, I see Contreras is in the room. He's standing here. He's sitting right here next to us. That's we, not fair. That <laughs> means you're the, you're the 102 uh, listener. Oh, we got over 100 listeners today. Yeah. Nice. Uh, we got Frank Whalen, as always, uh, the fighting Irishman. That's right. There we go. Sorry, Frank. I'm not playing it. That's, uh, that's the big bad wolf over there. Oh man, we got uh, Aces Inc. Yay, no crossing picket lines. That's right, Aces. You know damn well we don't cross no picket lines. Was that for Riley? It was. It was, but now we got Frank. <laughs> now Frank. <Yeah. laughs> I every time I picture my picture like a little leprechaun with uh, boxing gloves on. <laughs> That's what I think. Smoking a cigarette. Smoking a cigarette. Smoking a cigarette. This guy, like I said, the softball game. He'll smoke a cigarette before he hits first base. A pack of cigarettes before he hits first base. 
Uh, Jamie Haynes is uh, speaking on that arbitration hearing. He said that the the local, I don't know which local it was. I wish I knew offhand which local it was. They lost because they were already using them, and then they tried to stop them. So I guess they try to cite, I guess, past practice. Well, we're already using them. How dare you try to stop us now? Well, our local is trying to nip it in the bud before it even starts. Um, uh, Jamie Haynes was asking what are they allowed to do and that's basically what Hector was saying you know if you were listening early I'm sure you were you already know they're supposed to be going to take work from the drivers I doubt they will allow those non-union employees into our buildings to take work mm -hmm. left behind and stuff but who knows once we leave who knows what they're going to be doing they'll probably have some of them try to come in um, we got uh, Jamie Haynes once again <laughs> once we allow PVDs in they will use them all year round. Do not give to them any uh, to allow this. We're so not giving to them. We, we already told them no to the company. The, the hands are up already, Jamie. Listen, uh, it's up to us as well. It's not just the the elected board. It's not just the stewards. Us as members, because at the end of the day, I'm a member before I'm a steward. We all have to grieve this. That's right. Okay? It, the powers in the numbers, fellas. The powers in the numbers. Yeah, you 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 know I'm see this is why I love going to these places and meeting uh, uh, people at these backyards and and Damien I've known for a while now he was a member at Foster Avenue he's become quite the steward a lot of the business agents say you know it's guy stewards like him that make their job easier and the fact that you said that it rings so loud because it's true we see them yeah the executive board is going to be fighting it but we're on the forefront of that. We as stewards and our members have to be out there putting in the grievances every time we see one, stop it from happening at the forefront. So by the time the executive board is already dealing with it at arbitration, they already have a shitload of grievances filed by the members and, and already have a book this big on, on why it shouldn't be done, how many violations against the contract. So thank you for that statement, uh, uh, Damien. Well said. Can I get a clap for him for that? Um, Listen, I'm, I'm going to take away your button rights, bro. All right. So, uh, who we got out here? Uh, once we are okay. Uh, oh, the beard. Here goes the beard. Jamie, we are not taking this lightly and are looking to expedite for arbitration. Well, Lou, I'll tell you right now, you definitely have, hopefully, as many of the members back, got your back as, as you guys need. We know you guys are fighting it, but like Damien said, we also got to fight it on the floor. Uh... Jamie says, thank you to Lou Barbone, the beard. Oh, Greg Kerwood. Ooh, we got, hey, Greg, what's up, buddy? Greg's out of Local 25 in Boston. One of the uh, guys I love to talk about because Greg is always, uh, is always enlightening the members on their 401k. Greg, I want to thank you, man. Ever since I got started on the 401k, I keep looking at it. My numbers are going up. Uh, and I appreciate you, bro. Like you said, it's never too late. I've been doing the 401k for now. I, I it's been a, it, you know I was one of the late bloomers, and and because of you, I want to thank you. The money has definitely, and I've seen all the members you guys have got on your page now. You guys have over you know almost I think I believe you're over three thousand now. You know kudos to you and all the people you're helping. Uh, he gave us a, a website on labornotes.org. Store books work right to press. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna. I'm going to, can anybody, does anybody have a phone and they want to Google that real quick and see what's, oh, equal treatment. That he's talking about some of the steward stuff. And Greg, if you guys didn't know, Greg, and if you don't mind me talking about it, well, I'm going to talk well, about maybe, it. Well, maybe show. Craig could call in. 347-403-0705. Well, yeah, Greg was actually terminated. They tried to terminate him and he was in arbitration. 
I, I don't know the logistics of it. I don't want to speak about it because I know it's an ongoing investigation or whatever is going on. But, you know, he's he, he knows what he's doing. He's followed the proper procedure. He's he's a very intelligent man. He knows how to how to uh, sorry, the little wind blowing through here. He he's 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 fighting it. He's not going to lose. They already try to put him on what we call a working suspension, which we all know is bullshit because they pretty much, as far as I'm concerned, know they're going to lose at arbitration, so they don't want to give him all that payback money. So they want him working through his termination. So it's like, come on, man. That's bullshit. Yeah, they're hedging their bets. Uh, mm. That's what they do. Yeah. They know they, they, they know they have a weak case, so rather than uh, lose all that money, they'd rather have keep them working. You know, it. I haven't talked about this in, in quite a while, and maybe new members that are listening and don't have it. Uh, Damien, talk about that insurance that we have extra insurance I think you're a rep for one of them yeah LECMPA uh, it's uh, insurance has been around since the early 1900s wow LDCMPA LECMPA LECMPA I'm gonna put that in the chat for the guys that are listening if they can't hear it L E say that again L C L E C M P A. Mm-hmm. alright go ahead um, basically the insurance uh covers you in case the company tries to fire you um, and even if you get suspended uh, you know the co- you will get paid there are four things you can't get fired for if you want to know uh, reach out to me I'll let you know what they are I don't want to broadcast it out here because you know you don't ever know who might be listening um, but um, basically you know your peace of mind which is what that's what you're purchasing um, I had it when I got fired by the company and guess what it helps you out I got paid twenty one thousand dollars. Nice. While I was out, nice. the company somehow found out. I guess one person spoke to another, and they spoke to another, and somebody overheard and told management. They brought me back <laughs> in four months. Right. <laughs> Meanwhile, the guy that got fired the same time as me, the same exact day, stood out over a year. Stood out for the six months. Wow. To go on a panel, they brought me back because they knew I was getting paid, and they even told the BA, "Listen, tell him we know he has the insurance. Tell him to take time only." Uh, time served and uh, forego the back pay. I said, no, fuck you. Tell him I said, fuck you. <laughs> okay, just like that. So um, I got a call later on that day, and they said, listen, they want you to come back, but they want you to fight for back pay. At that point, you have no choice. You have to come back. Right. So I came back two months before the other guy who got fired the same day as I did. And the reason they didn't bring the other guy back is because they knew he didn't have the insurance. Mm. And that's what the company there for. Yeah. They they want to see they you. They want to fuck up your money. Yeah, they want to fuck up your financials so you could be uh, begging them, begging them to come back Correct. to work. And please, please. And and they think they're teaching them a lesson, but they only doing, the only thing they're doing is, is jeopardizing the, the family, the, the food on the table that's for the kids. Is. You know, this company don't give a fuck. Fear. They really don't give a fuck. And, and, and guys that are hanging out with management and think that's your friend, guess again, motherfuckers, that's not your friend. I keep telling these guys that hanging out and barbecuing and, and having going to clubs with the, with these managements, and you know who you are. You know who you are, okay? <laughs> they you know, are not your, your friend. Exactly. They'll fire you in a second. Exactly. Let me tell you something. For fear... <laughs> Fear stands for false evidence appearing real, okay? They thrive on that. As long as you're doing your job, you're not out there falsifying, you're not out there doing the wrong thing. Not lying or taking drugs or stealing shit. Do your job, do it right, all right? That's all you have to do. Do your job and do it right. Don't fuck around, don't cut corners. 
When you do that, that's when they got you by the balls. Don't worry about it. Bring the package back into the office. Don't worry about it. You do it once, you think you're doing it right, and then you keep doing it, and one day the wrong person's going to catch you, and that's when I got to come in and represent you and find out that you've been doing it for over a year. Yeah. And then right. what? What? It, oh, this this supervisor told me to do it. When yeah. we question the supervisor, same, first thing they say is, "I never told them that. Yep, the, I don't remember the that." The same supervisor you're having a beer with at your local pub is the same guy that's going to say, "I never told him to do that." That's bull. He's going to cover his ass before he covers your ass. Believe me. 100%. So he's going to he's going to keep his job. Your it, ass is not going to keep your his job. His family's more important than yours. Exactly. Just remember that. Exactly. Uh, we got. Our boys again out in Long Island, uh, Christopher Coleman. What up, fellas? He says, "Hey, what up, Chris?" I, I, you know what? I gotta, I gotta tell Killer. You know, Chris, Chris, it's Chris, is it Chris, yeah, but Killer, Killer. He's that's his boy, Killer. Right? Yeah, Killer's. Uh, that's one. You we know, you, I, I, I appreciate how you treated us when we went there for the barbecue. Definitely at had night. a great spread there. Yeah, he had a good spread, but um, Damien took it. Damien oh, took uh, the prize. All the barbecues this year, I, I have to say, uh, Damien. You know, he, he. Uh, we we progressed. We went to Shane's. Right? We went to Shane's to start it off yeah. the the summer. That was like an Australian outback over there. We were, we were. <laughs> what you had? Vegemite on on bread. <laughs> we, we had these. You know, he we made some burgers for us. The highlight of the of the day there was uh, the beard. Mister Barbone brought a nice piece of steak. Oh, marinated yeah, 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 nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was good. But uh, you know, then the next one was Keller. He stepped it up from there. He had some great ribs. We he went to your food. to your backyard. Went to my backyard. We had some good food there. But I'm telling you, I, I and I'm and I don't take it personal. I mean, I've, I personally I feel my chicken was a little better than Damien's. Damien's had good chicken though. But <laughs> I, I like I, I had a little bit back. of that. I had a little bit of that Anyone's jerk seasoning say, on mine with a little sweet and spiciness. I, I think Damien would appreciate it, my chicken. Anyone's gonna say that your chicken, your, your own chicken, is better? <laughs> but I'm, I'm telling you, no. As far as the outside, whole, though, you had his chicken. I had his chicken. You didn't even want to take the chicken home. I ate three chickens here. What are you talking about? <laughs> I ate three chickens here, yeah. but you don't like spice. That's why Damien exactly. would have appreciated my chicken. His ribs were good. But the steak no, was good. Overall, overall, and his spread, sausage was real good. Oh, you fucking! <laughs> 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 Good sausage. Uh, uh, Damien definitely took took the cake. I mean, he had some, a great spread for us. I mean, when I watched the guy put his grill together, the guy had the official grills with the charcoal. He instead of using the lighter fluid, he took these little wax things, put them in there, lit it up, let the coal get hot inside. The, I mean, the guy. And he looked pretty in that pink egg brain that he was wearing. <laughs> yeah, you liked it. You, you could tell the guy definitely loves what he does. It. You know, and we appreciate him for that with uh, his fluffy sandals. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, all in all, I want to thank all the members who invited us this summer to their backyards between uh, Shane, Keller, uh, Damien, uh, you know, me, myself, doing, hosting one. And I had Jamie Haynes and Johnny Santiago over at the house. Carlos uh, Sanchez, DJ Are You Serious, came and DJed over there today. He actually got here a little early and was going crazy for two about hours, two, two hours, hours man. Yeah. And the, the listeners were going up. You were bringing the listeners in, Carlos. <laughs> I got to tell you, man, you got some skills there on the DJ. You know how to flip them wheels of steel, brother. Uh, talking about uh, 804 and... Uh, Mets, we're gonna. I want to congratulate, uh, I guess, Raul Milestina for doing such a great job counting the tickets and money. Um, <laughs> but anyway, we we was we started out with a hundred tickets to uh, Shea Stadium for Union Night Out. Um, all we needed was seventy five to get needed, on the floor. Right, all we needed seventy five to get on the field, field to take a picture with some of the Mets. 
and uh, it went crazy with a lot of members getting involved that want to go to this Met game, even though they Yankee fans. And that's what it is. That's what it's all about when it comes to union. Yeah. Everyone getting together. So now we 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 sold now 180, 185 tickets, and people are still calling. Members are still calling for last minute tickets. I don't think we could get any more tickets. We uh we we good. Uh, I mean, if you guys are interested in still going to the game though, you can purchase tickets to the Met game. You just can't get them through the union anymore. You're still welcome to go online, mm -hmm. get your own tickets, try to sit in an area near us. Uh, and if you get there on time, we'll bring you down to the field with us. It's really yeah, no it, big deal. It's a, it's a big turnout. I mean, we we thought you know a hundred guys were gonna buy the tickets, and that was it. But it was just overwhelming, and we got to 185 tickets, and uh, we're gonna have the big uh, the big. Uh, the, the, big the prompter, the big prompter, the big the prompter big is gonna say, you know, the Mets welcome local eight hundred four. They're right, gonna give awesome. us our props. Uh, we're gonna uh, we're gonna be on the field for the national, national anthem. anthem. That is correct. And uh, the Mets really took care of local eight hundred four. So it's gonna be a union night, great night for for your fellow brothers and sisters to hang out with. We're gonna be at that uh, left field on the Budweiser drop. There's yep. gonna be a Budweiser uh, place right there. So you know. I'm not saying it, but, you know. And, and for those who didn't know about it, you know, th that's why you got to tune in a little bit more. You know, uh, um, go online. Go on teamsterslocal804.org. September 29th on a Sunday. At three, it's a 3 o'clock game. next Sunday. Isn't it next Sunday? Yeah, it's the 29th. Yeah. It's a 3 o'clock game. Uh, everyone should show up at 1 o'clock because they're going to do all the stuff. You're going to go on the field, actually, with, uh, with the Mets. and. That's awesome. You're gonna see oh, them yeah. practice. You're gonna be right there, right there in the middle of it all. And then at the national anthem, also, uh, local 804 and other unions are gonna be on the field to uh, sing the anthem. So it's it's gonna be great. And uh, sorry that you didn't get no tickets, but you can still go to the Met game, buy tickets to the bleachers or whatever you want, the cheapest damn ticket, and then come down and hang out with the, your fellow brothers and sisters at the game. Uh, well, Vinny, I won't a, be this there. This is just the first year, right? I mean, uh, this is the first year. This is the the mess. The mess called out to us and said they're going to have a union night uh, that night, which is the last game Phenomenal. of the season and with the Braves on the 29th. Okay. And um, we went, me, Raul, and uh, Marcon and Anthony Cerulli. We went. We spoke to the guy. We was picking the seats and all that. They treated us real good. And we thought we were only going to sell like 100 tickets, but it was it went crazy. I mean, I'm got telling you. a lot of Mets fans out there. I, and, and, you know, some of them are not even Mets fans. They're Yankee fans. They, they say, oh, we're going to go because, of, you know, it's, it's, it's about being one, being the union, being together, hanging out. You know, we haven't done that in a while, you know, with the old executive board and all this. The cookout was tremendous. We, we it was a out, you know, it was Forget a lot of people, a lot of people that came, a lot of members that came out. We didn't even think of. We was thinking a hundred, hundred and fifty, because that's the, you know yeah, what yeah. we get in general membership meeting. And we looked at the numbers. It was six hundred and seventy-five. That's right, members and families. Members and family. It was 351 members that came to right. the cookout, and then it was all together with the family and everything. It was 600. And you guys ran out of food almost, three times, right? That's how it was, it was almost were. 800 because a lot of Beautiful. softball players didn't get the, the, the softball players didn't get the, uh, the we were counting the bands. So I'm, I'm saying it was close to 800, and this is what I'm talking about, that this local, we're back, we're coming back. Local 804 is, is back. That's by good. popular demand. Yeah. Getting, getting to know your other brothers. Exactly. There's a lot of guys in the same building that don't know each other, and you'll pass them all the time, and it's like, uh, hey, what's up? Yeah, but after that, it's like nothing. That's right. You know, I got, I've gotten a lot of, 
you know, a lot of people that uh, I've seen, you know, this this is my last year. And, you know, I try to say hi. And we've known each other. And it's funny because in UPS, nobody knows each other by their first name. It's, hey, Sanchez. Hey, Sanchez. Right, hey, right, Contreras. Right. Hey, right. you know. And when you get to know somebody, you get to know, okay, Damian Contreras. And then you have, you know, Danny Presidas and stuff like that. Hector Fortress, you know, Anthony. Anthony, I saw him in Brooklyn. Never knew his name. Used to see him. <laughs> never knew his name. I, I, I was always the quiet one. I, I knew Roberto <laughs> Sanchez uh, when I first got here. I, I started 11 years ago. I make 11 years this month. And uh, he's one of the old-timers that came to me and he spoke to me and uh, showed me the ropes, you know. Uh, not, all, not all at once, but he saw something that I was doing wrong. Hey, kid, come here. Boom. You know? And, you know, I did a lot of wrong things. You know, we come in here, we don't know anything. You know, we're brand new. We're like babies to this company when we first start. Yeah. And we got to learn, you know, a lot of it is trial by fire, you know. Um, but, you know, he's one of the few guys that took me and said, listen, you know, every time he saw me, this is what you got to do, pa 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 pa. And then he walked away. I wouldn't see him for a week because this guy is a workaholic. He works very hard. <laughs> and uh, he ended up... Uh, <laughs> That's for the baseball fans. He uh, he took me under his wing, you know, him and a couple other old timers, you know, and uh, I'm very happy to see him retire. He gives me hope, you know, and that's what it comes down to, you know, uh, pulling each other upwards and forward. Yeah, the job is going to be the job. You know, it's, it's hard work. You're going to go through so many, you know, bad enough you go through stuff at your own home. Trials and tribulations. Yeah, you go stuff through your own home. Now you got your job on top of you and stuff like that. But, you know, it is what it is. Keep your head up. Do what you got to do. And it was funny because um, I had saw something on Facebook about bullying. And it was about two kids, about, you know, one kid that was different and stuff like that. And we never realized that, you know what, in work, as a new driver, you get bullied. A lot. A lot. And you never notice it because it's a norm. And I never noticed it because I thought it was normal. I was just trying to keep a job, not knowing that a driver was really just bullying me by, you know, giving me all the crap stuff and all the shitty stuff. And, you know, we need to not do that. And I've always looked at myself as if I saw a cover driver and, and there can't, I'm, I'm pretty sure there can't be nobody that can say that whenever they took work off of me, which is very little, I've always took work off of drivers. They can never say that I gave them crap shit. I gave them stuff that made sense. Look, if I gave you this block, it's this block. Boom, boom, boom. Don't worry about the big package. I got the big package. I never, you know, put it on him and stuff. And there was a lot of guys that were like that during my time. The big package. Yeah. The, <laughs> not well, that big. Well, he's, he's right. There's a lot of drivers out that there that take advantage. That yeah, yeah. And instead of helping and showing the new guys I'm the gonna, way. I listen. <laughs> you, you know. <laughs> listen. Listen. Hey, listen. Yeah, what do you feel, Heck? They got to pay their dues. You like I, hazing yeah. the new guys? <laughs> listen. If I have a 70-pound box that's got to go up to the fifth floor and they send me a rookie guy. <laughs> You're giving it to him. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but you got – no, I used to give them the nice – you know, because they come in to help you out. So I used to give them the nicest blocks, and then they can continue coming to help me out. Right. Because if you don't give them the nice stuff, they're going to oh. see, I'm not going to go help that mother. That motherfucker killed me. So I give, I, I, I don't mind doing the old and I give them the, the nicest uh, elevated buildings that they could possibly do. So then next time when they ask them, when I need help, 
they're going to say, yeah, yeah, I'll go help him. You know what I was, I'm saying? I was it's this, the right thing I to was, do. Bro. I was the same exact way. Yeah. It's, it's, I it's, went it's to go help. Right I would go do. help out a guy. Yeah. And I've known mostly all the routes that were in my building because I've done them. I was like a hobbit in that building where I knew every <laughs> route and they put me on every route and I got to know every route. And I knew what exactly you can do and what exactly you couldn't do. Now, if I knew if I did 400 pieces and 80 stops and the only thing you did was 30 stops and 100 pieces, I know you were just freaking slacking that day. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to come and help you out after doing my full day and be like, okay, this guy was a re repetitive person. I said, and I used to tell the supervisor, I said, look, if you're going to send me a message to help this guy, don't send it to me. Just keep it moving. And that's, 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 that's see, this is what I'm saying, though. Those are, that's what the guys, the new guys are doing also. You know, yeah. you, you abuse them yeah. and you give them all your walk-ups, you know, and, and yeah. they get, they go, why am I going to go help this guy again? That's why I give the guys that ever, that ever came and they can tell, all tell you that this is the way I was. I used to have a nice block with nothing but elevators. They want 20 stops. They tell me to give them 20. I give them 20 in a nice area. And I'll do the worst thing. That's my job. Regardless, if he didn't, if he didn't come help you, I'm gonna have to do it anyway. Right. Yeah. So why just not help the guy out that's helping you out? What, what, and, I, what I did was, um, what I do, is I, I keep it fair. You know, they, they come in to take whatever amount is twenty, twenty five. I always give them from the back end. It, it, you know, it's it's, it, it, the buildings or or houses I always gave them the exact amount. And um, I always gave it to him from the back because it helped it helped him out, helped me out. You should give it to him to the back. <laughs> oh my god! Only if they ask for it. <laughs> the problem is that that when things like this are done, then those guys they feel that's the way it is, and then they pay it forward to the next guys in line, and then you got a group of people that learn the wrong way, and everybody's abusing one another. I got abused when I first stop. started. I got I, fucking I got abused. abused I, got, I got abused. I mean, they used to give me the shittiest <laughs> shit when I used to go help. And you know me, I had to, you know, try to make try and make book. You're gonna take whatever they give you, and let me tell you something. I learned the hard way because it was bad. I, never I go more than they I used to be finished at six. Let's say six o'clock in the afternoon, right? And I'm saying oh, I could go home. No, so I go help. With that help, with the, how they they gave me the bullshit. I got home at ten o'clock at night. After I was done with my own route and at other, six, and the other driver got in, and early. the little, little yeah, the, the other driver got in at six thirty. You, you see that? Yeah, and that's bullshit. So, I mean, for the future, I mean, for now, this is the way it should be done. If someone's coming to help you, don't don't be an asshole. Give them something that's going to help you out with the stops, but don't kill the kid. Don't kill and them. don't give them more than what they asked for. Exactly. Remember, times change, and the new members are a changing member. They're not going to be like the way we were or the way the guy was before us. It's all a change. So unless we don't do something about it you know for us to keep these members because personally i think half of these guys and i hope it's not true that half of these guys might not even make five years right some of these new guys they'll be gone by five no years. i've seen guys believe me is a big turnaround here and another thing i want to let you guys know in case you didn't know in case you thought that you have to if they don't put you on call in the beginning of your starting your your route, if they don't put you on call and they you're done you're with your route, you did your route, and then your supervisor's calling you and telling you, I need you to go help this guy, you have the right to say, I'm going home, I'm done. That's right. If, if he's, if as you're long not as you on did call, your eight hours. Yeah, as long as you did your route, you completed your route, you don't have to help if you don't want to help. 
If you want to make the money, that's fine. But if you don't have to go help. You can say, I'm, 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 I'm done with my route. I don't want to help. I'm gone. They cannot instruct you to help you unless they put you on call in the beginning of your when you take the route and they say your this route is on call. Then they can instruct you to go help. But otherwise, if you're not on call and you're done with your route and they call you and say, listen, I want to I want you to help this guy. And it's up to you if you want to help or you don't want to help. You don't have to help if you don't want to. All right. Going back to the chat room now, fellas. Uh Christopher Coleman asked a very, very good question uh, about the PVDs. Now, if they do put them in our building, is the driver obligated to give that work up being PVD isn't union? As far as the what the company's saying, yes. Right. I mean, you're not allowed. We're not. We're not. We we. If you're instructed to do it. And yes. grieve later, like that's Damien correct. was saying. It's something for us to police. If they're going to make you do it, don't say no because that's your boss telling you you know, to do it. It's not unsafe. It's not something that's going to hinder your... You, you write down every time how many boxes you gave them, how right. many stops you gave them. You right. write it down on a piece of paper, what time they came to pick it up, and uh, and then you can calculate how, many, how, how long would it take him to do it, two or three hours, and then we'll put in a grievance for uh, non-union work. That is that is the way to go about it, Mr. Coleman. When it happens, uh, but do not refuse to give it to them, because they will they will uh, fail to follow instructions. Yeah, instruction is an instruction. Uh, Greg Kerwood says he hasn't gone to arbitration yet; hasn't gone that far. He's right now just at the local level, so that's good news. Uh, Andrew Bag. Jamie Haynes says, "Hold up, you're not going to recognize me, uh, brother Damien." Oh what? shit! What's up, Jamie? <laughs> he said you didn't recognize him. You, you do you know what Jamie Haynes looks like? Yes, I do. Okay, big arms, <laughs> little legs. <laughs> uh, what do we got here? Andrew Bagley, what's up, Mr. Andrew Bagley? Uh, he's he's acknowledging the Schwartz uh, books has the best books. Yes, Schwartz does have some. Yes, great the stuff. best book for a uh, shop steward is uh, the Legal Rights of a Shop Steward. I read that book. I still have that book. I uh, look it up online. It's a good book to read. Jamie Hayden says, some members act like they can get involved but always have questions about something that is always talked about. Yeah, unfortunately, this does happen. But it's up to us to enlighten and inform those members, Jamie. I know sometimes it can get a little repetitive, and sometimes we get we can get a little frustrated when we feel it's something that the guy should already know. But at the end of the day, not everybody educates themselves. Not everybody's on the book looking at the contract. And we're here to help educate and inform those members, the members that do strongly advocate, the members that are standing strong with the union. I mean, that's basically why we're, we're doing what we do. We want those members to come on and start advocating for themselves and start. But as we teach them, then hopefully that will be the outcome. Well, one of the things that I do, um, Anthony, is um, uh, on the blast message to everyone, and um, Roberto's here to, to vouch for that. Um, let's say there's an issue in the center. I, um, I send out a blast message with the contract, the paragraph, the violation. I t I, what I usually do is I send out the, what the page is, read it, you know, in the end of the, at the end of the day, what I want members to know is that they need to educate themselves. I'm here to help them. Right. Sure. Uh, but when you read it, when you do your own homework, right, it it holds me, the steward, accountable, and it holds everybody else accountable too. 
because there there are some company stewards that just ramble on and say whatever they want to say and uh that benefits them you know and they, and they they they're banking on the member not to be educated right and when the Always. member when the member's not educated guess what you could get away with murder and that's what the company does right they're banking they pray, on that they prey on the weak so i i try to educate the members not everybody follows you know the directives where i'm like read the contract learn it um they don't read the page sometimes they come up to me weeks later like what about this i said didn't i send that to you no i said let me see your text the fact that you do that is is great that's a great idea though it's tending out the text of the actual page like screenshotting it and sending it to them so that they get the idea hey. even if they don't get it the first time send it to them again fuck it and what i do is i go through their text i said so you see right here i sent that to you oh, oh i'm sorry i forgot to be it's not it's not a lack of of of, of uh, directive I'm showing them. I'm telling them. I'm teaching them. You have to learn the contract. Don't just go by what the next person says. Because at the end of the day, the best testimony you have is your own. Wow. Well said, D. Well said. Um, one of the things I also wanted to talk about, I mean, we delved into the steward thing really deep, and we had some great, great information here. Um, for all those that didn't uh, attend the retirement seminar, I was there. It was uh, yesterday at 9.30 in the morning. It was a great uh, retirement seminar. They uh, gave us a lot of information on how to help yourself out financially and preparing for your retirement. Um, the, the two gentlemen that have been working alongside the local with this is a man by the name of Jim Werner and, Cho and Joe Tedeschi. They were really great on, uh, you know, letting everybody know what kind, what, 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 what did Charlie say? The monies. Yeah. Uh, on what the monies are as far as, you know, putting together how much you spend per, per year on stuff, how much, you know, retirement is going to cost you depending on how, how uh, what year you retire, what age you retire. Um, they let you know a couple of things about your 401k, like Greg Kerwood does on his page a lot. Um, they, they, they're definitely, uh, it would, def it was, it was def for, for guys that, that don't, um, pay attention to a lot of that stuff cause they're young and they're, they're living life as it comes, you know, buying new cars and be smarter with your money. One of the biggest things I got from the seminar is that they, they, uh, an analogy they used is that money is like, it, it, like a, he used the lighthouse that he had gone to for a while and how he sees the erosion on the lighthouse and your money that you spend today uh, and the money that you have is basically like, like, a light, like the erosion on a lighthouse. It is deteriorating with time. And as time goes by, the money that you need to survive in the future isn't going to be the same amount that you're spending on surviving today. So you have to plan and prepare for your future. For you young guys listening, and I know I don't get a lot of young guys listening. And, and this seminar is not only for guys that are retiring. These are for everyone that's in the, in the union now. Right here. Yeah. In the union now. You can go being a one-year guy, uh, a six-month guy, or a two-year guy, a five-year guy. It doesn't matter. These, these classes are uh, pretty good as far as uh, they, they can educate you on how you spend your money and how do you save it. That's right. And, and preparing for your future is important, guys. And, and this is something that Greg Kerwood talks about on his page a lot. Uh, it's something that the local now is, is, has been doing, trying to inform the members and preparing them for their futures. Because, you know, I know you guys, some of you guys are young, you, you know, boys, uh, men and women, both of you guys, you, you're young and you're, 
you're going through what you're going through and you like spending your money and having a good time. But just remember, man, one day you are going to be old. Nobody can beat Father Time. One day you're going to be 59, 60 years old, either retired or preparing for your retirement, and you're not going to have anything to show for it. So be smart. Put your money away. Get a 401k. Learn how to balance your funds every year. Learn how to allocate your funds properly. And if and, and if you need help, go on Teamsters uh, local aid. I mean, I'm sorry. You can go on the Teamsters.org and you can get help from uh, Werner and 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 Tadeshi. You can also get help from other outlets. You, you got Greg Kerwood, who's got a great Facebook page, uh, Teamsters 401k resource page for UPS employees. Um, you you know they're all trying to just help educate members and prepare you for your future and the seminar was really good I think maybe 25 30 people showed up there was a few members there with their wives I wish it was a larger turnout of younger people there were a couple of young guys there but not many uh, I would have liked to see more younger people there but you know I know it takes time to get listen we were all young at one time we know uh, the, the the young dumb and full of <laughs> as they say but uh you know and and i was one of those guys man i was one of those guys i was living life i was single i didn't get married till i was damn near out till i was like 35 years old and i was out there enjoying life and and you know spending money on girls and trying to have a nice car with a system and you know and it only it took it took my last few years for me to really get on my game and knowing that i got a couple of years left in me with this company to know that i got to prepare for this future thing and i wish i would have started back then so i'm a perfect example of somebody who waited didn't wait too long but waited longer than he should have um and just to add on to that you know, uh, i tell a couple of my guys um uh, uh, and this was this was actually brought to me by uh danny Brasito, who's sitting right here uh, the Dave Ramsey Show, right? It's a podcast. It's free to download. You can listen to the episodes every day. He speaks about having money, right, work for you, not the other way around. And it takes a little bit of sacrifice, right? If you look at it, right, you sacrifice every day. You get out every morning. You go to work. You, you're sacrificing your body. You're sacrificing your time. You're sacrificing your energy, right, for a better tomorrow. Right. But then we as layman workers, we forget the big picture. And the big picture is this. We have to uh, be smart with our money. Right. At a very young age, you know, you're making decent money with UPS. So, you know, you're able to afford things that some other people can't. Right. And, and that's a great thing, you know. But then what happens after that? You know, you 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 continue that habit of spending that money uh, aimlessly, you know, and you got to put that money to work for you, and that you have to have retirement vehicles. With this company, you're able to have a pension, you're able to get yourself uh, a 401k, you're able to invest. Take advantage of it, and the younger you are, the better it is for you. Uh, I highly recommend the Dave Ramsey show. Um, he's a nonchalant guy, and, he, and and his thing is buy everything cash. Why? You're not paying for things on a card where you have to pay interest on. You save money on that interest. 29% is a lot of money. Okay? You, you pay more than what you owe. Exactly. For every dollar you spend, 30% is basically going to interest. You know? Yeah. And he speaks very highly of that. You know? Get educated, people. Yeah. You if know, there's so many ways that you could uh, uh, um, learn how, how to spend that money and how to make it work for you. And listen... We're going to get old. That's right. It's, it's, it's going to happen. Father time is out there, brother. 
He's, he's collecting every day. The phone lines are open, 347-403-0705. If you want to call in and ask any questions, Jamie Haynes got a question. He said, can we get into the panel cases? Um, I, One thing I want to touch on before we get back to the panel cases, uh, because, uh, first of all, a lot of members know we won three out of the four panel cases. Um, we're we're going we're gonna to talk a little more about that. I'm sure Hector has a lot of information. I'm sure he can't talk about everything, you know, ongoing investigations and everything, even though they're, they're probably over now, right? Um, the Circle of Honor. We have a member, Mr. Keller, who we had the barbecue for, and he was, he was given his, his, he did his 25 years of safe driving. He was... I guess what you can call inaugurated into the, into Fair yeah, honest. please, uh, circle of honor. Water. And um, I'll have another beer, please. And um, and you know he he told me that he felt slighted, and I get it because what had happened was they had a uh, they had had a two year member on the safety committee kind of give it to him and say, well, here's your 25 years uh, circle of honor, and uh, there you go. And it's like. How do you as a company not acknowledge a man that has gone 25 years without a single incident, driving these trucks in loaded streets, you know, avoiding pedestrians, avoiding bad drivers, crazy cab drivers, and all kinds of things that you... We were talking about 25 years, man, of, of, of not having any, you know, serious incidents on the road. And I feel that, that that's something that should be honored. I feel it's something that when somebody makes it, and I've seen it in the past where a guy made it a circle of honor and it was, it was a big hoopla was made about it. You know, they would have a breakfast or uh, at night they would have maybe a dinner or something. They don't give a shit anymore. These, this company just don't give a shit about safety. They preach safety. They don't really give two craps about safety. Thank you, Danny. We used to get awards, safety awards with recognition, like a freaking... Uh, $50 gift card or uh, whatever. You know, some of them, it was 200 Really? Yeah, it was 200 In my center, it was $200 gift, $200 gift cards. Uh, then it went down to 150 to, you know, 75 used to give out turkeys at one point. Yeah. Right? Yeah, remember Once the turkeys? Once upon a time. That was in 07. We were getting two turkeys a year, one for Thanksgiving yeah. and one for Christmas. So now it's I just... I got a voucher when I started. We, yeah, it was like really? $15, a $15 voucher at yeah, one point. $15 yeah, $15 voucher I started. It said for a poultry, turkey. poultry voucher. Oh, really? It could have been chicken. It could have been anything poultry. It was a, like a $15 or $14 and change voucher, but it was two turkeys then it went down to one turkey. You had a choice between kosher and regular, and then it turned into a voucher, and now we get nothing. God forbid if you get into an accident now. Let me tell you something. They they treat you like you are the worst of the worst of the worst in uh, this company, how they, we, they treat the, the members. By the way, if you get into an accident. Yes. <laughs> That's what I was going to get into it right now. Please, you have the right to have a steward present that is, uh, that is protected under the Article 4. That's right. And also, report all incidents or accidents. Yes, please. Everything. If you, like I say to my guys, if you hit a garbage can, it doesn't belong doesn't to the matter. company. It doesn't belong to you. It belongs to someone that has a video camera saying that you damaged their, their garbage can. You got to report that because every incident or accident that you have, you must report to your supervisors ASAC. The second call that you should call is your shop steward to make sure he knows that you made that call to the uh, supervisor. Okay? Everything that you hit that doesn't belong on the truck, you got to report it. If you hit a car, you hit a, a, a pole, 
and it doesn't belong to the company, you must report that you hit that pole. You must report even, everything. Even if you're delivering, right? One time I was delivering, and uh, I put this uh, pa- this package on the on the deli counter on one of my bodegas, and it cracked the 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 granite that was their countertop. I called it in. Hey, listen, this is what's going. The guy never claimed it, but it doesn't matter. I I I let the company know that this is what happened. Why? Because I don't want to hear about it. I'm going through a case right now that uh, it's a year a year old, a year old case. The driver didn't he, he didn't even remember the 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 incident, and it came up now after a year. The 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 customer or whatever is now claiming uh, to sue the the company, and guess That's what? They have insurance. Call it. In. Guess what? The driver. Totally forgot to call it in. Totally forgot about the whole incident. This is a year. This happened in in 2018. Jesus. I we just talked about it now. This 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 upcoming and, and guess what? The company what they did because he failed to fucking file a police a uh, report or telling anyone they walked him. Yeah, he's out on the street right now. This is a guy that's been in safety, a co-chair safety for 25 years. Wow, you don't think he would know better to call? He should have known the, the the manager when when something happened. You know, some guys they draw a blank, man. When it happens to them and they know all the rules, they just under the under the pressure of the situation, they just draw a blank, which is a perfect segue into the panel cases because one of them has to do with an accident. But before we go a little deeper into it, I want to read out some of the stuff because we're about to the show's got another half hour and I want to get these guys. We got Greg Kerwood says the money you save when you're young as an has an enormous impact on your retirement. Compound interest grows exponentially exponentially thank you uh greg for letting guys know andrew bagley thank you to greg i am feeling more confident and going to stop having morningstar manage my 401k there you go greg you got a, another satisfied customer there me and andrew and i'm sure there's three thousand people that are on your page that are thanking you for opening that page uh can we get into panel okay yeah jamie we will andrew bagley uh kirk says excellent giving members confidence is what the page is all about and yeah it's a it's a great page I disagree with you. Get a card that give you cash back and use it for everything. He's talking about, uh, I guess, uh, uh, the, the, the credit card situation. Uh, Aces Inc. says, you guys are awesome. Thank you, bro. You're awesome for listening. And, and everything that we say here is to help inform the members. We always bring stewards and whoever we can that's informative and helpful. And it's because of guys like you listening that we continue to do this show so that you guys can spread the information as well. Um, Haynes says just pay at the end of the month. You know, Haynes, not everybody is as savvy as you, bro. I think, you know what? You can Cheap. you can be a little arrogant sometimes, Cheap. Mr. Haynes. I got a lot of love for you, but I know for, for not everybody is is, is 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 informs themselves. And you know what? I don't think it's that bad of a thing for us to help each other and 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 try to help the guys. What are you doing? What the fuck? That's is a turkey. He's a turkey. He loves turkey. Turkey burgers. Yeah, listen up, turkey. Guys need help sometimes, and and not everybody's gonna have the information that they need because a lot of guys don't look. And yeah, we want to empower guys with information. Stop that, man. We want to empower guys with information. We want them to learn from themselves. We do. And I get what you're saying. But at the same time, some guys are a little laid back when it comes to that. Some guys come from tough neighborhoods and weren't educated properly or whatever the case was. And it's hard for them. They can't put the, 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 the numbers together just don't match up. And and getting that little extra help is very beneficial. Anthony, it comes down to education. You just education. said it. Education. Educate yourself. Yes. 
Learning never ends, guys. Um, because uh, Greg Kerwood, because we are all replaceable pieces of meat. My goal, that's a very good analogy there, uh, Greg. Uh, my goal is to make 25 years so I can tell them to stick it. <laughs> we, we, all, we all have that goal in mind, Greg. Greg, man, I love you, brother. Uh, Jamie Haynes, Hector, these members are too friendly with management, so they feel they can talk to them on the down low, and it's done. Yeah, unfortunately, this is one of the problems that we face as stewards, as members, the members that are considered, you know, uh, too friendly with management, as we said, they are not your friends. Um, get over that, guys. They are not your friends, and you're going to either learn about it the hard way or it's going to be a worse way. So you guys got to get that together. Um, Jamie Haynes, correct, you are as well. <laughs> just just to, to, to we talk about, about the that, credit cards. Uh, 25 year. Uh, Circle co chair. Oh, the the, the co chair guy that yeah, let's now start he's on, talking about panel. Go he's, ahead. He's, he's on he's on on the street now. This is that a guy, panel case? This guy no, it's not a panel case yet. But uh, the, you know, I, I can't talk too much about it. But the thing is that this this individual was always bringing coffee to management. They loved him to death. They gave them the credit card. They used to give him, you know, car blanche. The corporate card. The corporate card he used to get. To buy, to bring coffees on Fridays, bring donuts, and do all the other shit. I mean, he used to be the, the manager. Didn't they do away with the corporate cards? I heard even now they did, can't but I'm saying before, before. Oh, this is way, okay. And this is the way they treated him now. He got, you know, a year ago, and then now, look, he's out on the street because he was friendly with them. And that's why I say to you guys, management are not friends. They are not your friends. They will put you what? out. Your family. They, they will, are not your friends. They don't care. What? Say what? They don't care about your family. They don't care about what debt you're in. They don't care that you just bought a house. They don't care that you are living the middle class uh, style. They don't give a shit when it comes down to their job before your job. So take care of yourself first. Take care of your family first. Take care of your job. Do your do do the right thing. Do the methods and procedures like they show you. You have no problems. But don't ever ever have your management as your friend. We have guys that are hanging out with management, going to parties, going to to functions with 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 management. And those are the guys that at the end they're gonna find out the real truth. Who is your real friends? Your real true friends is your local, your your brotherhoods. Those are the guys you hang out with. Your, your brothers and sisters. Guys like Jamie Haynes that love turkey burgers, but ate all my chicken instead. Had one of his nasty dry burgers and then <laughs> was like, mm, this chicken today, is good. <laughs> How many squats you did today, Jamie? The, the meat's definitely not going to the legs. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jamie, oh, uh, Jamie. Uh, Damien thought you were coming here today, so he, he bought a live turkey. And he's running around the yard right now. He's running. Go get him. Go get him. Get him. <laughs> Andrew Bagley says they are not people like us in regards to the management and Craig says they will sell you out their own mothers they will sell out their own mothers to keep their job <laughs> Greg, it's Greg sad is the but man. true yes it's, it's sad but it is very true um, but uh, yeah so uh, dealing with some of these panel cases that came up you guys did win three out of the four panel yes. cases uh, yeah Talk about what you can talk about. Uh, well, one particular case was a, a great case that uh, this is a double jeopardy type of case that um, this guy. Who, who was the steward involved, if you can mention his name? Uh, I don't know. His, uh, I think it's. Um, it's from Springfield. Right? Yeah, I don't know the steward's name, okay. but uh, uh, it was a case of. Uh, double jeopardy. 
Yeah, they they brought him in to uh, panel the last time, and they lost the last time, and they figured they this time they'll get him, and they they strung out again because the guy got his you know they put him out on the street on August seventh, and he's got full back pay and he's got his job back. So that's that was one good case. Great job, guys. Great no job. They presented in the last panel is what they presented again. Yes, uh, and the arbitrator saw right through that. Exactly, he saw right through that. It's you the know, exact same case, no new evidence. I don't wish anyone going to panel because, like, rolling the dice is, you know, because if, uh, like I said, it's uh, the company and the the union arguing the facts, and the company will make you look like trash. Oh, I mean, they, they they paint the ugliest picture of the member. Oh, yeah. They go back so far on things you've done on the road. If you pissed off a customer, they'll bring up stuff like if you were, uh, if you had been an alcoholic and you went to, uh, and you had to go through one of those programs. They'll bring up stuff that has no merit, that has nothing to do what was what what with with the case at hand, just to paint the ugliest picture of the individual to make you look like a dirtbag employee, and they will they will take no. Prisoners, they they bring out everything you could imagine. Any skeleton in that closet that you've ever had will be pulled out to make you look as bad in front of this arbitrator as they can. They are spineless. They are they they have no regard for for the rights of a human being, and they do not treat you with any kind of dignity. When you go to panel, prepare yourself. Remember everything you've done in the past, and know that they will dredge all this shit right up. Let, let, let me just uh, add to that. I've been to uh, countless panel cases, uh, my, my own, uh, and, and as well as other members that I've represented over the years. And the way they present these cases, sometimes, and I'm, and I'm in the thick of it, I, I know exactly what's going on, and I'm looking at the member like, really? Like, I'm looking at them sideways too sometimes, forgetting that that's what the company does. That's how they paint them, you know? And then, then thankfully, you know, we have a, a great team in place. Scott Damone, uh, Lou Barbon, Pete DiPiero, uh, and, and the, all the supporting staff, all the BAs that, that fight for these members, all right? Then they, they, they come and they, and, and, and they shed light on what this member is really about and what the member really does, you know? And thank God for that, you know? Um, but the company paints you in such a way that even when they, they were arbitrating my case, I, I, I'm like, I couldn't believe that I was that bad, you know. And, and, and they this make is my you start saying, case. "God damn, am I really that fucked up?" Meanwhile, I, I I had one warning letter in ten years, and then here I am facing a panel case because I was defending a member that said I was directing the workforce. You know, it's 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 sickening. So it's when you go to panel, listen. Try not to get yourself in trouble. Do your job the right way. Stand up for your rights, one hundred percent. You know, if you know you did nothing wrong. You did nothing wrong. Call your shops to it. But always, always, always. If you your shop. if you're in doubt, just call your shops to it. Or call the BA if you have the BA's number. Call the BA. Ask before you do. And always tell the truth. The truth will set you free. 100%. Yeah, we could we could fight we could fight the truth. We can't fight a dishonest uh, yeah. member. I mean, if, if you're dishonest to us, uh, like I said to I like, like I say to everyone that goes in the office, they already have the answers. They just waiting for you to lie, to lie about, about it, it. so then they can go with the dishonesty and uh, deceiving the company. That's their favorite fucking word. I sometimes think that um, like some of the older guys, 
since I see that, you know, he's a younger guy, they're like, oh, you know, I've been here such and such years and such and such, and I don't have to confine him nothing. I'll be able to, you know what it, he works hard at it. He works hard at it. He knows exactly word for word your protection, your rights, and all that. Hey, he knows. I've always called him, yo, Damien, they told me to do this. Yo, Damien, uh, just in case, uh, you know, I want you to know that they told me this. 100%. Or they wanted me to do this. You know, he's your representative, but also you have to do your job also to make sure that you're doing the right thing. 100%. And that you know that what you're doing for that day as soon as you punch in and as soon as you punch out was all according to the way the company wanted it done. And that's it. That's the way you work in this company. You go in, you do what you have to do. You go out, go home, kiss your wife, kiss your child, if you have children, and be ready for the next day. Let me tell you, the few times that I've been in the office with Roberto, right, the few times, right, he makes me look good. We go in there, and he's like, you know, he, he, he lays down the law, and he breaks it down to them. Like, I just sit there and watch him, you know, and I learn from him. Uh, like I did from when I first started, and even now as a steward, you know, because uh, the man, the man is the man is the way he is, uh, day in and day out. Nothing changes, you know. And uh, you know they brought you into the office for for nonsense, but you, to see him represent himself, basically, you know, it's it's hilarious because they have nothing, and he just runs circles around them, because he's true to himself. He goes out there, he gives them a fair day's work, for a fair day's pay. And that's all you have to do, brother. I wanted to make a quick announcement before I forget, because I don't want to. Uh, Christmas parties are coming up, and uh, uh, there's already a group of guys from Long Island put one together in Melville. Uh, I went and I joined them last year, and I had a really good time. Um, Melville Christmas party will be on January 18th. They're, uh, pay, it's 25 bucks for guys and girls. It includes domestic tap beer. Uh, one Sam Adams, one IPA, house wine, red wine, and soda, Irish nachos, you know, French fries, wings, stuff like that, boneless sliders, and the drinking is being done from 7.30 to 12. Please drink responsibly. Food from 8 to 11. Uh, they Uber get, it, baby. That's right, Uber it. You got a whole top floor. The place is called The Main Event. It's located in 1815 Broad Hollow Road, as we did last year and they did last year. They're inviting all their members, obviously, and they're inviting members of the local 804. If you're interested in going, uh, you can contact your steward, ask them for the information. Contact Shane, Rich, or, uh, or Lockwood. Those are the guys uh, putting it together. Uh, Carl or Benny for the payment to receive bracelets. If you're if you're out of the local, I don't know. I'll check with uh, Barbone and Shane on it. I'm pretty sure. Like when I went last time, I just showed. Like they told me I was I was allowed to. I can come through, and they you know they invited other members of the local. I went in and get, and they you know they 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 they'll take your money right there and give you the the bracelet in case. I guess I don't know. You want to talk money. with them on that? But uh, actually, I think they. Uh, I remember him telling me, don't worry, I'm good. You know, he, he, he invited me, and, and they didn't even make me pay, which I appreciated. And I had I, I, me and Hector were together, and I was driving that day, so I only had about two beers. Hector made sure I didn't have that third one. Yeah, the Shirley Temple? No. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do the Shirley Temple, man. If they give me a Shirley Temple, I want them to put vodka in it. Uh, <laughs> uh, also, we're trying to get this party together at Foster Fosterville. Uh, we're doing it again. We're going to invite, uh, obviously, the whole local. We want to know if any centers are... I've spoken to a couple of uh, members, stewards from other centers. And so far, I think i got about a five or six centers together. 
Uh, if you're interested, we're doing more of a sit-down dinner at a catering hall. We're going to try to make that happen. Nothing set in stone yet. Uh, depending on, I put out a survey out there, what people would like. It's kind of pricey because it's, you know, it's like a nice catering hall. You know, you didn't enjoy yourself the last time because you were stressed. I was just going too crazy. I was stressing yeah. myself out. This time I got people helping me. I got a couple of the members. You know, I, w I went with one of my guys, uh, Madrano, good guy, longtime employee. Uh, salute to Madrano. Uh, salute, salute to my boy Madrano for helping me out. Uh, Juan Acosta is always helpful. My buddy Robert Santiago always helping me out. I got uh, a member by the name of AJ is also helping. Um, I want to thank those guys. Uh, we're going to put this thing together. We, we, we don't have a date set right now. It might be the weekend right before the holidays. It might be December 21st. Uh, nothing set in stone, as I said, depending on the amount of money. It's like almost $70, $75 a person, so I don't know how I'm going to go about that. But uh, worst case scenario, we'll just find another bar. This time, <laughs> get the money up front. Yeah, I'm definitely we doing can't the money do the, We can't do the money at the door yeah. because you know, I yeah, saw him guys, sweating. Guys, oh, my God. I, I was I was <laughs> getting gray hairs. It was very tough. <laughs> guys that are interested, please approach me. I'll come to you. Uh, I need to know. Even if you go on a $5 plan every week till you get it paid off, <laughs> whatever it is, I need layaway. to know. These guys Remember layaway? You know, so uh, last year's party, I had to make sure I came up with at least five grand. And you know what? Thankfully, by the end of the day, I ended up having to pay $20 out of my pocket, which was a big deal. I want to thank everybody for showing up. Versus $3,000. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, this year, you know, we're going we're gonna to do it at the Kidding Hall. Like I said, the, it's a little pricier. I'm not going to uh, – I'm going to be honest with you guys. It's looking – it can be – we're talking valet parking, uh, all you can eat, all you can drink for four straight hours, top shelf liquor, good food. Uh, you know, it could be a little pricey, but again, if I can get enough centers that are willing to participate, we can down because the the executive board is willing to pay out that money for every center as long as I come up with the amount of centers coming, speak to the stewards if they're interested. I mean, I, obviously we can't welcome the whole, every center in the local. We can't do that, but when you got guys like Shane doing some over there, we got uh, uh, my boy over here, Mr. Damian Contreras is also doing an event. Um, you know, we all show each other love. Listen, this is what we wanted. We wanted unity. When we all threw Christmas parties in every center, you know, we get that. I know guys like to hang out with their own and you got to do that. That's fine. Nobody is. But we we're trying to create a different culture. You know, we're trying to create a unity. And to do that, you know, if you spend a few dollars to go to a fellow member's Christmas party and show some love or if a center wants to be involved and they want to help give their money over, which isn't much. It's only like 300 bucks a center. It really is. But it does help out a little. So whatever you guys are interested in doing, you can contact me. You yeah, guys and the shop store is when you want to get that $300 for your center, you have to do a flyer. Uh, you have to make out a flyer for what date and all that and uh, give it to your BA or whatever, and they'll come back with you with a check of $300 per center. Uh, I wish it was more, but it's, that's, 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 that's the budget for everyone. Yes. Yeah, so maybe we can talk about the next contract. We can bring that up at least a hundred, four hundred bucks a cent. Or Vinny, or Vinny, or Vinny will open his house and we'll have a party at his house. Yeah, <laughs> we could all come that down to good. Mr. Perone's house. Yes, sir. <laughs> He's got a nice size He's yard. He's probably saying that motherfucker right now is talking shit. <laughs> we, we'll put some uh, fireplaces around the yard and we'll hang out freezing our asses off in Vinny's yard. <laughs> Vinny, raise the money up, hundred bucks, and we're coming to you, buddy. No, no, just playing. So as no. far as as far as how the local is 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 moving forward now uh a lot of uh not promises a lot of things that Vinny said that he was going to do uh is doing and the company is not they this company is not ready for us right now 
So it's uh the as far as the local moving forward, we are moving forward. We're looking for a brighter future with the local eight eight oh four and the membership. And uh to be honest just, with you, I don't uh, think the local was ready for for what you guys are doing either. And and thank God that you know you guys are moving in the, that direction. We're all happy for it. We absolutely and I have to I have to reiterate what he's saying because the minute I got in office, because of you guys, I went to a TDU conference. I started educating myself. I ran for steward, became a steward. And a lot of this was due because I was helping them campaign. I, I, I was, you know, I knew a few members on the board. I knew Hector. I knew Mark Cohen. I knew uh, Dave Cintron, and I believed in these guys. I knew Dave Luby, a uh, tough, hardcore preloader out of our building who's been advocating for a long time, big and strong in the vote, no movement. Uh, all these guys, they, they, they put in a lot of work, and I got to meet great, 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 great guys. I, I mean, meeting Vincent Perone uh, for the first time, Rocky DePolo, speaking DiPaolo. to him. I'm, I'm sorry, Rock. I always do that wrong. <laughs> Rocky, I Rocky. apologize. I always say his last name wrong. He's going to kill me. Adrian, Adrian DePaulo, what are you talking about? Hey, man. Rock. Hey, yo, Rocky. All right, Rocco. <laughs> but, uh, you know, every time I talk to him, it's a pleasure. Guys like Lawrence Grant, I mean, Chris Williamson. I mean, Pete DiPiero was at the... Uh, was at the um, seminar. Uh, he gave a, a, a little talk as soon as it started to everybody. Uh, he, great guy. Um, I, you know, am I forgetting anybody? Oh, the beard. I mean, you got the beard. You got the pitbull himself, Raul Molestina. You know, Dave Cintron. I mean, I mean, all these guys. They put in so much work all the time. If I'm forgetting any of you guys, I'm sorry. Uh, it made and me want to be a better better union advocate it made me push harder i ran for steward i won the election by a huge uh, number and ever since that happened i've been putting in grievances on supervisors working i've been putting in grievances on people working out of classification and at that time working on the twilight they had no steward who was really putting in grievances and who was who was uh fighting so hard for the members and i'm and because of the education i got from the stuff I went to because of you guys, the the education, as 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 Damien says, you never stop learning. The education that I'm getting continuously, speaking to guys like Damien, speaking to members of the executive board, constantly getting new information and learning more every day, I was able to stop a lot of the bullshit that's been going on. I mean, they still do it no matter what because while the cat's away, the mice will play. I hear things that happen when I go on vacation, uh, things that are done when they don't see me in the area. There'll be a supervisor trying to work somewhere. But now it's gotten to the point where the members are coming to me because they know the grievances are being paid. They know guys <laughs> that – so now the company is starting to hold back a little. And I had a sit-down with the manager that I deal with, and I told him, I said, listen, at a long time – you guys were getting away with a lot, and I'm letting you know that this is not happening anymore. We are going to make you respect the contract. You guys have been getting away with a lot. The contract was written down by you and your people, okay? Maybe not you specifically, sir, but your company sat down and agreed to this, and all I'm doing is following it to the letter. And, you know, he didn't even try to 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 threaten or you know oh well i can come after you well he, he knew if he said anything like that that's you know i'm gonna take that as retaliation and i'm gonna take it even further so you know because of you guys guys like me have felt empowered and we're helping stop all the bullshit that's been going on that they have gotten away with for so long it's gotten to the point where i got uh even members in the preload calling me Asking me, you think you could? I, I one day I stayed there till five in the morning. After I finished my shift, I stayed till five in the morning to see what was going on in the preload. I've been there on Saturdays. Wrote up supervisors for for working on Saturdays. Got a, a, a an unloader paid. And as a steward, we don't take the money for those grievances, guys. I heard 
And I know it goes around a lot of, uh, around the local of these stewards that that are that are doing some messed up stuff and trying to take the money for themselves. You put you make the members accountable. They have to step up and they have to learn to fight for themselves. I'm your steward. You see it happening, I will put it in for you. If you see it, come to me. Talk to me. It'll be done. And little by little, when they see everybody in this uh, on that reading that same book, everybody on that same page, they have no choice but to respect it. So I want to thank the executive board for turning me into the man that I am today. And with that note, just want to let you guys know that for the first time in, since I've been, and I've been, I've been on the job for 12 years, it's the first time for my executive board to grab 20 members and give them an education scholarship to go to these classes to learn the stuff that's going on out there. And we picked out 20 uh, members that never been to any of these classes because this is the way it should be done because of the last executive board they used to send their favorites they used to send their favorite member or the member that voted for them the member that that rah rah for them we are doing it differently we are taking 20 members that that we don't favor we just we favored all the members so all the members need to get educated and we're sending 20 uh, with a scholarship to these classes and, in and Chicago. And I'm one of them, and I greatly, greatly appreciate it. I've never been. I went to the conference here in New York. I thought it was super informational. I mean, I just speaking to, to guys like, uh, I believe his name was Richard DeVries. Uh, is it Richard DeVries? Richard. Richard DeVries out of, Chi out of Chicago with uh, Juan Campos, I believe his name is. I don't know. Uh, well, he, he was a pit bull. He was in there. He, I, I learned a lot of what I, uh, of that Q&A. He went over a lot of that kind of stuff. And he was uh, very informative. I met Juan Campos. I took a picture with him. Uh, and Hector's always making fun of me because I was a little, like, taken back. Starstruck. <laughs> Starstruck. Uh, but, you know, you realize these are guys just like you. They started in a truck. They're working. They're, they're advocators. You know, I'm looking forward to meeting more guys over in the conference. Like Damien says, members from around the country. I'm really looking forward to that. And, you know, and, and I want to thank you guys. You know, it, it's a big thing. It's, information is key. And like Damien says, you never stop learning. And uh, don't, don't ever feel like, like Damien said earlier, you know, a, a lot of guys are fearing because they, they feel there's a target on their back, especially as a steward. As a steward, that target, yeah, it's there. But you know what? What do you have to be afraid of? You know, as long as you're not doing the wrong thing and you keep to your integrity and you're doing your job, a fair day's work for a fair day's pay, what the fuck do you have to worry about? Just do your job. Do your job. Protect your members. Protect one another. Protect your, the brother next to you, the sister on your left, the brother on your right. As long as you keep doing that, we stand strong together. Look at these guys right now on strike fighting, fighting these corporate moguls. You know, these guys are standing together. You know, these guys and girls are all working trying to organize trying to to uplift this this corporate uh uh greed greed that's been going on for way too long they've been getting away with so much for way too long and it's about time that we as members stand up for ourselves and 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 you know what this executive board you know they they they're making me feel it and and all the stuff that's happening around them is making me feel it being paying attention to these strikes, pay, going to the Labor Day parade, seeing all these union members together, uh, uh, all these things happen, and it makes you feel empowered as a union member. It lets you know that unions are where it's at. Unions are what protect our wages, get us our benefits, make our wages increase over the years, dealing with inflation. 
we need more unions. People out there listening, fight for unions. Unions help the employee, those hardworking people. People that and, and Damien made a huge point earlier on how a lot of this newer generation, after those guys fought and died for all the stuff that these members today take for granted, remind them they'll know they do they not they don't know the struggle. Like you said earlier, they don't know the struggle. So getting to where we are now, we have to let them know what the struggle was like. They have to understand that what we had today, what we have today is due to all these fights and struggles of the past. And here we are again, where corporate money is at a boom. We're dealing with multi-billion dollar corporations that have money to burn and they burn it for themselves. They don't bring it back to us, to the people that are working, putting all that on their backs, our bodies being wear and tear. I mean... Listen, our, we're just trying to do a job. We're just trying to work for our families, give our, our better lives to our children. You can't give us that. You're making billions off our backs. Give us what we deserve. Treat us with dignity. That's all we need. And uh, <laughs> let me add on to that real quick. Um, you know, I, I heard a, a, a saying or um, a term or whatever you want to call it. You know, I am my brother's keeper, right? Oh, yeah. I am my brother's keeper. I hear that from Vinny and Johnny all the time. That's that's right. one of my favorite sayings. Now, think about that, right? Now, this is this is um, call it what you may, right? But I, I get calls from senior guys or guys that are fairly new that 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 are activists in their own right, and you know, in order to be an active member, right? That doesn't mean you have to be at the entrance of the company, uh, corp the company doors, the security booth, handing out flyers and things like that. Just being an activist means that you're upholding the contract. You're following the rules and you're making sure everybody's following also. Okay? Abiding by the contracts means that you're being active in the implementation of that contract. Right? So I get calls from members whether they've been here one year 10 years 20 years and they'll say listen i need you to talk to so and so i saw him doing this i saw him doing that please have him be careful right and i appreciate those calls you know why because that person is their brother's keeper they don't want that person to lose their job for nonsense right that's not snitching. Snitching is going to the company and, 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 and calling them out on it. They're coming to me, the steward. And in turn, I will make that call and I will tell them, hey, you know, I, I'll talk to them my way. Every steward has their way of communicating with their members. And now, and now sometimes it's, 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 a, it's a very um, lively conversation. Sometimes it's just a regular, okay, gotcha, no problem. It will be taken care of, you know. Either way, I'm calling attention to the individual who's doing something wrong and I'm being told by someone else that is looking out for their best interest, but they they don't have that communication that I as a steward would have with that member, you know, because at the end of the day, the steward, it's not about power. It's about having the authority to be able to communicate with you in your best interest. And that's what it comes down to. Nine times out of ten. These members cut out the nonsense and they go about their daily business doing things the right way, the correct way, and keeping themselves out of trouble. And you know what? That 
builds um, it builds unity. trust, it builds unity, it builds solidarity. Because I tell them straight up, another member saw you doing this, they called me, they wanted, they're looking out for you. And then what do they say at that point? Oh, wow. You know, that, that's the same thing. You know, it doesn't, brothers doesn't mean that you're, you're, you're bound by blood. You know, how, how many people go to, go to war, combat, they become brothers in, in, in action, right? That's a different type of bond, but it's a bond nevertheless. We are brothers in action. We're brothers by, brothers by contract. You understand what I mean? doesn't mean that we, we have the same father, same mother, same uncle. Same. What it means is that we're in the struggle same shorts. together. We right? wear the same shorts. Exactly. <laughs> you know? And it's important. Be your brother's keeper. Uh, that's that's awesome. I love to hear that that uh, the brothers and sisters are, are looking out for one another. And, and that's a big deal because that's what we need to do. We need to look out for one another. You see somebody doing something wrong. Listen. He may look at it as, oh, I can't believe that he went to Damien and told him what I was doing. No, asshole. He's looking out for you. And Damien's telling you the right thing to do. So just listen to your steward, man. Especially, you know, I, I get not everybody has a great steward like you, Damien. Better than I know, than the company knows. <laughs> that is absolutely right. You I'll know, take it to the grave. And, and for those members out there who are mad at another member and decide to go to management about it, dude, what the fuck are you doing? Go to your steward, okay? Let your steward handle the member-to-member -member bullshit in-house. He can find a way to get you guys together and be each other's brother's keeper or brothers and sisters keepers, I should say, since we're in the new millennium. Sorry, Kioma. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we are our brothers and sisters keepers, and we have to look out for one another. Well, guys, uh, the time has come. Our show is just about over. Again, I want to reiterate, don't forget to go to that Mets game. Mets game will be next Sunday. Try to show up at 1 o'clock. Be there or be square. We will be on the field with the other members. And... Um, and um, I want to thank all the listeners out there. We had Greg Kerwood out from Local 25, Andrew Bagley. I didn't see my boy Peter Sullivan, Arizona. Peter Sullivan, I missed you. Uh, DJ. I, I want to Eugene Braswell. Yeah, yeah, Eugene Braswell. Always a big shout out to my man Eugene. My bad. I spoke to Eugene about the party as well. Uh, we got Wix. I don't know who Wix is, but thank you for listening. Frank Whalen, Christopher Coleman, Aces Inc., Jamie Haynes. Uh, if I missed anybody, I'm sorry. I want to thank all my guests that were here today. Danny Bersitas, my boy Damian Contreras, the steward, our boy DJ Are You Serious, Carlos Sanchez. Again, a big shout out to Hector Fortis for helping put it all together again. Uh, as always, as we say, you know, we're here to keep the unity alive. Uh, stay united, solidarity, and we are here to put the U back in union. That's right. You can listen to the show on the show rail. If you go onto the app, you go see the show reel on the left-hand corner, and you can. Uh, if you missed out the f the beginning of the show, you can listen to it on show reel. We don't have Spotify anymore. We do. I just I gotta get to it. Let's you know, get it down there. We, we, we got people we, asking we, me. We're on the road trip. I can't <laughs> do it on the road. Gotcha. But uh, I'll try to get that done today. All right. All right. And I uh, just want to let you guys know. Uh, thank you for listening to the What the Heck Show here on Union Power Radio with your host Tony Rosario. Thank you and all for listening. Every other week. We are here live at somebody's house. We don't have a set studio, but we, we're all over the place. We're like a stepchild. Two anyway, more weeks. We want to thank Damien for giving us the best food ever in the back cookout. 
and uh, his wife for helping out and his son for having me entertain here. I just want to say peace out to all my brothers and sisters. See you next time here on the What The Heck Show on Union Power Radio. Later.